0: West Tigers fans, welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, the best place to watch the footy. Well, you we have to wait till next year. I guess grand final day on Sunday would be um, a good place to watch on the big screen. So uh, head out to West Ashfield or one of the Holman Barnes Group venues to watch the big game. Give us a follow, if you haven't already, at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter and in there. You'll find our link tree link where you can find the links to all our pipes uh, for the podcast, for the website, for the YouTube channel. Shout out to the people tuning in on what, uh, what is Daily M Wednesday. We, we appreciate you guys, the real ones, tuning in on a uh, deep into the West Tigers off-season on a Wednesday night. Um, and patreon.com forward slash Life. We'll get to the, the boys and girls uh, yeah, contributions to our theme tonight, which is 2005 Grand Final. We're going to look back to much better times, but um, my first guest or first co-host, as in 2005, you would have been, what, 12 years old, so you might not remember. What what are your memories of the uh, 2005 Grand Final? And how are you, by the way?
1: (laughs) G'day, Josh. G'day, Rob. G'day, listeners. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I'm doing all right. Uh, got the Dally M on in the background and paying attention to seeing the winners and things like that. There's uh, one Jay Buller, I'm hoping snags NRL NRL rookie of the year. So fingers Mm. crossed for that one. And hopefully some of our girls can pick up a couple of awards as well. But yeah, you're spot on. I was 12 um, in 05. Uh, We were actually on a family holiday up on the Gold Coast at the time of the grand final. We were heading up there I think the weekend of the prelims. So the weekend before we Mm. were, we were on our way up. Um, Dad had bought a little TV with him just in case he wasn't able to watch the games on TVs at like at the place we stayed that weekend. So (laughs) he he was watching that game against the dragons on his little TV. And he was very excited once we got the W Um, and then grand final, we had set up our tent um, at the, at the resort and, um, Uh, My memories of that night are dad getting very excited after they won. He kind of ran around the place antagonizing the Queensland fans Uh up there a little bit because there were a lot of people with like Queensland flags or Cowboys (laughs) flags and stuff like that. And he was antagonizing them a little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was just a really good night. He seemed to enjoy himself and he was really happy. Uh, He gave me his Tigers boxes as a, As a, I don't know what, why he gave them to me, but at the time they were way too big for me. Grown into them now, Mm. but um, yeah, that, that was a, it was a pretty good
0: night. There you go. And a man that was in the prime of his life, 2005, I reckon. Mr. Bashara coming in from the Red Room tonight. What are, uh, where were you watching the 2005 grand final?
2: Uh, Good evening, boys. Good evening, listeners. Uh, I was there uh, probably, I think I was in the last row. Uh, not far from where Paddy Richards scored his very famous try. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was about six days short of my 40th birthday. So uh, it, was a, it was a pretty pretty good year for me personally and uh, professionally. So yeah, probably the best year of my life. But uh, unfortunately, footy-wise, that's all I seem to have that I can hang my hat on. So mm. it's, just, it's just getting a little bit uh, monotonous having to watch old 2005 videos and even yesterday fox still had a you know fox nrl had a half hour package of the of the grand final and just just getting a little bit it's starting to get a little bit long in the tooth i, I need some new success and i think we all Absolutely. need some, some new hope and some new memories to make so yeah just mm. uh just wearing a little bit thin right now josh
0: well shouts to our Not that they'll be listening, but the Parramatta fans, they haven't won a comp in my or Aaron's lifetime. So it could be worse as well. And it's not going to be them this year, which I'm pretty, pretty happy about as well. But um, right, first cap of the rank, bit of news today. We're a bit worried. Last week we had basically a whole episode um, of shit that's gone down West Tigers wise to talk about all sorts of things um, happening. And yeah, this week we thought we weren't going to have anything. To talk about, but the club confirmed today, Then, as you joked online, they normally like to drop news on a Thursday or Friday when it's too late for us, but uh, we're playing 10 home games at our traditional home grounds next year, five at Leichhardt, five at Campbelltown. Uh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, hopefully, uh, it means the team can perform better. I know in recent years, obviously, yeah, even Leichhardt has lost its... Yeah, we can't win anywhere. Not even Leichhardt has been a place that we can win, despite it being the only place in the comp that we win over. In history, we've won over 50% of our games, but uh, that record's still intact, I believe. But as as someone who goes to literally every single home game, um, pretty much year after year, how do you feel about this news?
1: Yeah, I'm really happy by this news. It's really good to see that we're actually getting back to our suburban grounds. I feel like it's a little bit late um, for, like, the next generation to keep them on board, but obviously we had the deal um, with the people who owned, at the time, a court, court, no, not a court, ANZ Stadium, Um, Hmm. and that obviously got transferred over to ComBank when we, like, when they confirmed that ANZ was going to be getting some refurbishments, even though that was eventually scratched. But... um, yeah, I'm really excited to. I'm really excited for us to be going back to our home grounds. I thought we'd get maybe a six four in favor of Campbelltown, but I see why they're going five five. It's probably going to keep the majority of fans happy. Um, so yeah, it's really good. My only concern at the moment is hope it, hoping that we get some good matchups at both grounds, so we can hopefully get some good attendances at both grounds. Because mm. I think I've said in the past that uh, Campbelltown's been a little bit shafted in some ways when it comes to like what matches we get there. Uh, we often get a lot of our big rivalries at Leichhardt, such as the Pen- the couple times we played Penrith there. Um, we've had the Rabbits there as well. Uh, we get the Cowboys there a fair bit, but we also mm. get the Cowboys at Campbelltown. Um, a lot of the time the Campbelltown games have been against teams like the Warriors or the Raiders or um, Manly or uh, Broncos or other teams like that who aren't New South Wales teams or aren't like... Teams that we have our big rivalries with, so mm. I I just hope we get a good mix at both. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad that we're going back to the back to the two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if we get some uh, Sydney rivals, we should pack out uh, either yeah either, either ground, especially if the team's doing well. At, at the end of the day, we want the team doing well. And Rob, you're obviously as you said, it, it's being a West Tigers fan just has been uh, a bit of a downer for a while now but do you think this is one thing that uh, clubs management are yeah, pushing in the right direction?
2: No it's finally a decision that's got a bit of common sense we've we've lacked common sense for a long time now. Uh, I read the release about it today. I, I really couldn't give two hoots if the women's toilets aren't up to scratch. And that's the reason we haven't been having games at Leichhardt or whatever the case may be. What I'm concerned about is I just hope the five games at Campbelltown and Leichhardt aren't stacked at one part of the season. For example, Campbelltown mm. getting the latter games and Leichhardt getting the early games. I mean, in a in a perfect world, if you get a home game every second week, it'd be nice to get one game at Leichhardt a month, one game at Campbelltown per month, as opposed to you know, having a few in a row at either venue. And and hopefully there's some good scheduling too in terms of, especially Campbelltown, they seem to get the night games. So yeah, it be nice Saturday to get a couple nights. of Sunday yeah. afternoon games and, you know, especially with winter and stuff like that. So, look, mm. I mean, I know I know that our club can't be t- in total control of that. They've got to work with the NRL. But uh, look, it's a start and hopefully it, it gives fans, whether we win or lose, uh, just gives fans a better connection with the team and, and just getting mm. used to getting their families out to the games and and enjoying it a bit more.
0: The Westlife Podcast is sponsored by Mobile Corp. They... support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks and their mobile devices. If you're a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place, handle all your mobile device needs, then Mobile Corp can help. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Reach out to Stephen and his, and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Town, six pm on a Friday night, like fuck me, like that's just so like for anyone that doesn't live in the area, even people that live in the area, they might a lot of people that live in that area work in the city, and you got to fight the M five to get out there for six pm, knock off at five. Like it's just, uh, it's, it's not fair. And obviously, that's down to the uh, the TV, the TV folk. So yeah the the club and the NRL don't even choose what days but yeah hopefully some sunny sunday arvos and Town, very very cold in the middle of winter but even some of those
2: late games josh like you know the Canberra game we had this year there was no no game prior to the first grade game like let's get let's get a jersey fled game mm-hmm. let's get a women's game let's get something going on there you know, before if it's if it's late in the year, don't just have a main game and expect people to show up. You know, you, you pay a ticket, you want to get entertained. There's got to be more than a first grade game. So th- there really should be a prequel of some sort, no matter no matter mm. what standard it is.
0: I did notice it was pissing down rain that night uh, in Canberra, but I did notice uh, we were taking shelter for a bit there as under the. Um, what was not even shelter. But they did have like a few things set up like jumping castles and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the game day experience. I mean, I would love for tailgating to be a thing in Australia, just seeing footage in American sports, people being able to, yeah, park their – sit in the car park and open a an esky of uh, of beers and set up a barbecue and kind of make a bit of a, a day of it and a festival of it, but it doesn't seem to be – Yeah, that's too much of a nanny state in New South Wales, I think, to do that. I did find going to Brisbane uh, for the Tigers getting smacked up there, but having Caxton Street pretty much kind of counters that anyway. That's kind of almost the equivalent of doing that. That set up with Suncorp is pretty awesome. Whereas, I mean, Sydney Leapy Park, he got... um, the, a couple of pubs there, but obviously Leichhardt. you got the Orange Grove, but it's, yeah, a little bit down the road. Campbelltown, you got the Leagues Club next door, I guess. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, just having some sort of atmosphere and, yeah, things going on that makes you want to get there well before kickoff. Yeah, I I totally agree. But this this has me really excited. Yeah, I yeah can't wait especially like i want to show my bias but i do live obviously the three of us all live closer to like art than we do camel Town, not i uh not excited because i love Campbelltown and gone the league's as well but like like unless you have a and a, a wedding or a funeral which i do have coming up early next season i'm just praying praying that um Mm-hmm. Please don't be a like art Saturday night game that round. Please don't 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 do it to me, rugby league gods. But um which I had a similar situation last year with obviously my trip to Fiji, or well, this year rather. Uh and any end up being a combat game. If that had been a like art game, I would have um would have been spewing. But yeah, I mean the team the team should be better next year than it is this year. I know we said that this year. About last year, but as I mean, I mean, recent history, not so much, but I do think those grounds we do have more of a chance at winning than playing at Homebush or Para.
1: For sure, tribalism is one of the biggest things in the NRL. Um, you can see that at places like Penrith, they have a massive advantage playing there. Manly have a massive advantage playing at Lotto Land. Uh, The Bulldogs, when they go to Belmore, they have a massive advantage there. Um, If they were a better team, they'd probably win a lot more like us. But um, yeah, like the having your own supporter base as the predominant attendance is massive. And like Penrith, for example, get a lot of penalties awarded to them because the crowd can influence the referees. Like that's something that happens at home games and you don't get to see it. As much for us because we play in those bigger stadiums, and sometimes when we're playing in those bigger stadiums, you've, we've got more opposition fans there. Like I um, uh, don't remember what game it was, but one of our home games at Combank last year, um, I'm pretty sure we were outnumbered by fans of the opposition team. I can't, I can't remember which one. Last I, year's, I last year is
0: in, as in this year, no,
1: 2022,
0: 2022 Bulldogs maybe. It was pretty Possibly. close.
1: Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it just seems like we don't get that tribalism sort of thing more than six times a year because we've only mm. been playing six games at home. Um, like a Leichhardt Hill, uh, that's that would be very intimidating as a player, like an mm. opposition, opposition player to run out to um, when you see a packed hill, all in orange, black, and white. And it would it would be so much better to be able to get some wins on our under our belt. Uh, playing at our actual home grounds, getting more fans through the gates as a result of us getting the wins and having more games there. So yeah, I think it can only be a good thing for the club.
0: Rob, we, the three of us were there uh, for the 66 points at Leichhardt. Uh, to be honest, I couldn't see us yeah, getting putting 66 on a team. Uh, I mean, maybe at the Homebush or Combank or the SFS. I so should, probably should mention that. Now, because that was a home ground of ours at one stage, it just seems like, yeah, the Leichhardt motivation to to push to sixty six points, it could have only really been been at our spiritual home ground, couldn't it?
2: Oh, I, I don't want to rub up the you know former magpie part of the part of our supporter base. I mean, it could have happened at Campbelltown, really. I think it was more the fact that it was Luke Brooks's two hundredth game that. Uh, made it a quite a special occasion, and, and the motivation was there. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know how next year's going to go, guys. I mean, it, 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 look, it definitely helps having more home games, and, and at our, as you know, Aaron said, at our spiritual home grounds, uh, we'll definitely get a few more ref decisions. But you know, the realist in me says we're going to have a brand new halves combination. Anything's possible, but yeah, we've got a long way to go, guys. So. Um, yeah, not gonna, not gonna mm. heat doom and gloom, but it, it's a big task. And uh, hope, hopefully, the boys play well. And look, they played well in patches this year, but uh, and there'll definitely be plenty of motivation. But they'll unfortunately, there'll also be a lot of pressure to perform. So we'll just see how everyone goes about their business next year.
0: This will mean nothing to anyone listening, not live. But Andrew Webster just won coach of the year. Um, Good on him. He beat out Ivan Cleary. Either of those coaches would have been nice to have at the club, Rob.
2: Uh yeah, Andrew Webster, former interim coach, who lost a couple of games while he was interim coach, but good on him. He's um look, I, I don't know if it's him being a good coach having learnt a little bit more under Ivan Cleary at Penrith or or seeing their Penrith system, but yeah, it's it seems a a common theme that people do better at other clubs. So I don't know whether that's got to do with our club or or, or, you know, other clubs being better or just the individuals. But um to turn that New Zealand team around, given the, you know, like they just haven't, no matter who's been the coach there, they just haven't been able to get up for a long time. Ironically, since Ivan Cleary, I think, got them to the grand final in what, 2003, I think it was, when the Roosters won. And they made another grand final in 2011. I'm not sure who coached there. might have been Daniel Anderson, but... Yeah, it seems to be a very difficult task in New Zealand, but he did a great job, but he's got a good team. And um, I think the, the good thing about Webster guys is he got guys who looked like they were has-beens, like Sean Johnson was a crock at mm. Cronulla and, you know, Dallin Watini's a Lesniak. He was sort of, you know, wanted to be a fullback and a decent winger, but he hadn't really shown any great form from the time he left Penrith. And those guys, both of them, were just outstanding this year. So. Mm. He's obviously got everyone buying into what they want to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he'll have that same success next year, because we saw the impact Todd Payton had on the Cowboys, and you know they they oh, kind well. of fell by the wayside this year. Mm. So whether he can get them to back up next year will be really interesting.
0: Uh, righto, a um, little bit more news here. So that as the uh, the PM's thirteen. Uh, on the weekend, uh, Jukai Whitfield putting on four tries. That um, yeah, you I know you tweeted out pretty passionately that we need to sign her up for the next season right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She was on absolute fire um, against the P and G girls. She was sensational. She had speed that could beat pretty much all of them. She uh, she was there backing other players up um, and just a lot of power for her first try, a lot of speed for the rest of them. She's an absolute superstar in the making. And it what it hasn't been shown on TV because it happened uh, earlier. She also won the Dally M NRLW Tackle of the Year for her mm. try-saving effort where she had to run an extra 20 metres to stop a tackle, to stop a try, a certain try in our last game of the season at Leichhardt. So um, it was it's absolutely sensational tackle. She won, like... She's all heart in defense, all energy and effort in attack. Um, yeah, definitely a player we need to keep at the club because she was only on a one-year contract.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get it done, uh, please. And uh, the only other little bit of news is Dream Buller uh, voted RLPA Rookie of the Year. So I believe that was voted by players themselves. So uh, Rob, to be yeah rated by your peers... Uh, is pretty good and the uh, rookie of the year dally M's are just about to be announced as well. So hopefully fingers crossed uh Dream who's on the screen right now can pick it up as well. But um how good is this kid?
2: Oh look given he didn't have a full preseason with the first grade squad and what came in after about eight rounds, uh he's been incredible. Uh you know we've you know, gone on about his magnificent try-saving tackles that, you know, literally saved games against Penrith and St George up in Brisbane. Uh, he's he's a complete package, and I just hope he can keep improving, you know, at the rate that he improved this year. So, I mean, I know his form, but, you know, the experts are, are carrying on a little bit. His form tapered off at the end of the year. But, I mean, when you're playing behind a, a beaten beaten pack and a beaten team and having to make do as much defensive work as he did, Oh, you're kidding me. They gave it to to Roover. You're fucking kidding me.
3: So well, the, Penrith,
2: be- the, the Penrith wing has got the rookie of the year. What a crock of shit.
0: You sure? They're not just going yeah. through.
2: You must be ahead. Yeah, I must be ahead by 20 minutes. That that sums up how the West Tigers roll. Seriously. Anyway. Yeah, tra- really? Yeah. I, yeah my I my
1: philosophy on this has always been it's easy to stand out as a youngster in a good team. Like when you've got yeah. good players around you, like Nathan Cleary, uh, Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, when you've got players like that around you, it's so much easier to look better. Um, but then you take a look at like Jacob Preston for the Bulldogs, who was an absolute standout in a, in a poor team. And then Jareem, who was an absolute standout in a very poor team in us. And he, yeah, I, I'm disappointed because, yeah, Sunia Taruva has been good, but he's had players around him who've helped him look good. Jareem has looked good all on his bloody own.
0: Sorry, just sending out a tweet that Jareem was robbed. That stuff.
2: <laughs> look at that. Like, the try they're just scoring now, any of the three of us could have just been on the end of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? it's just against, against Canberra. Anyway, look, it's just, just... I think it's just been, you know, I've become very bitter the last the last couple of months so uh, i'm just i'm just sick of you know nothing goes our way guys but anyway i just mm. hope it make, i just hope it makes everyone a little bit more determined next year and and you know not get ridiculed and mocked and you know i think you guys saw yesterday i i got presented made a mine sent me a, a t-shirt with back to back wooden spoons on it and yeah it's uh i'm just i'm just over i'm just over being a team that's following a team that's going so poorly so Hopefully we can turn it around.
0: Yeah, uh, what a shame. Uh, is there any other? I think Appy's at the M's. Is he up for hooker? He probably won't win it, but yeah, he, he's
1: up for hooker of the year. But he's up against mm. Harry Grant, and I think Harry Grant's going to take that one out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't even
2: know how Grant takes that out. Anyway, Aaron, like I know, I know he polled for Melbourne in in their own games, but I actually had a running argument with uh, one of my sons. I reckon the first half of this year. Harry Grant was absolute rubbish. Given what he can awesome. do and, and how good he is, he absolutely contributed nothing where Appy carried our team literally in every game that he played in. So I, I think Appy should be hooker of the year. And I actually think Appy's the best player at our club. I actually think Appy should have got our our you know, our own individu- our own club mm. uh, player of the year, not Jareen Buller. But anyway, that's um it's another story. I guess
0: his uh his jaw injury was probably the difference, I guess, there. If you, yeah, you but, but
2: Buller didn't even start for the first seven or eight games. So but it, it, it was,
0: was only hard. one point, one point difference, wasn't it? That's yeah, I know, but was, I just think it was the final cup. game.
2: Yeah. I mm. just think Appy, I can't see a game where Appy wouldn't have polled. Like he was that good all year. But anyway, that's
0: what I'm saying. If he if he had played those extra games, he for sure would have got at least two points, I reckon. So oh, yeah. for
2: sure. And they and
1: they just had on the um on the screen just before the votes like the M votes after round 18 and Harry Grant was ninth on 29. So that's after 18 rounds. And I think they had had uh, maybe two buys um, by that point, the Storm. So he's polled 29 points in 16 games, Harry. And Appy, obviously, not in the top 10 because we only had two wins and you're highly unlikely to poll votes when you don't
2: win.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Someone, Ben Ben Angus, on our Twitter replied, Taruva actually played a bunch of games last year. Um, that's what I
2: mean. I don't even know how he yeah. was eligible.
0: That's, uh, that's it would have had reason.
2: to it would have had
1: to have been five a uh, less than five, because I'm pretty sure if you play five in one mm. season, you're ineligible the next season.
0: So I think Luke Brooks, 2014, uh he was up for I think he might have won rookie. Did Brooksie win he rookie did. of the year yeah. twenty fourteen? And he yeah, played, yeah, he he played, played two-
2: one he played one game in two thousand and thirteen on an exemption. Yeah, you know, so I don't think that's you know, it's a bit different to playing five games,
0: yeah, whatever. Um, fuck the NRL, seriously, but uh, anyway, how do they determine those Yeah, um, right, anything else, West Tigers wise, before we take a step back in time, boys?
2: No, not at all.
0: Um, right, so yeah, 2005 grand final uh, I didn't mention earlier I was at the ground so Rob you said you were sitting so you were sitting behind where Patty Richard scored that uh, infamous try.
2: I I actually can't remember how far I was from the try line. I think I might have been probably about 15 meters out from the Cowboys try line in the first half, but I was sitting in the same row as Scott Prince's family. I had Darren Center behind me, and I think oh, I've, wow. I've I've mentioned this many times on the on the podcast when Paddy Richards scored that try, Darren Richards, uh, Darren Richards, Darren Center <laughs> picked picked me up from behind and threw me around like a rag doll. Um, <laughs> I was about twenty kilos lighter back then, um, and then yeah, by the second half, I'm looking around for where Darren Center was, and he was on the ground uh, with the coaching staff and the players on the bench, so. He made his way over there, but yeah, like really, really good memories and um, pre- pretty surreal. It was a bit. Uh, I think the week before was was you know, the one that meant the most to me, and and I kind of felt like we were always going to beat the Cowboys, given we yeah. put about fifty points on them in the minor semifinal that year. So, uh, not not that it was a, a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination, especially given the fact the Cowboys scored first. But um, yeah, like the preliminary finals, arguably one of Probably the greatest sporting experiences of my life. It was. It was just absolutely. i was at that one too. Yeah, it's just ready to ready to die that night. I, I actually would have preferred to have died than lose. It was just. <laughs> it just meant. I mean that. Yeah. I mean that with yeah. all my heart. I really do. It was a great night.
0: Right. So we've got a couple of clips. So uh, previously we've had Scando, Liam Fulton, and Anthony Blue Wiggle. So a few stories. Uh, Fulton's got a bit of a story that kind of runs into what you said there. So we'll just, we'll play these and, yeah, talk off the back of it. So here's uh, here's uh Fulton talking about the grand final in 2005.
4: Oh, mate, went, went so quick, you know. It was, well, even even now, like, it, they scored the first try. But I, I don't know, I just always had, I just I never actually thought we are going to lose. I could just, I don't know, it was weird. I just never thought of it. Would, even, like, looking, when I watch grand finals now, like, I could I'll be scared now to play grand final because I'll be so scared of losing because the winning feeling is just so euphoric and so good. Like, I wouldn't want to feel that, that losing feeling. And yeah. I, I wouldn't have had a, I don't know. Like, looking back on just winning one, like it's like I wouldn't want to play in a grand final because I would be so scared to lose it because I remember how how good the party was, like how good just everything that goes with the winning the grand final was so good. So, yeah, it's a bit strange though, but just had Did that. You, had that. We just always thought we were going to win. Never ever once contemplating losing, you know.
0: Yeah, do you think that's that was because you were young or is it part of the team where you're you uh, yeah, so uh, look, confident? I, I
4: reckon, uh I was cuz I was young to be fair and I just and I just I don't know. I I just well my cousin and I he was waiting for us to lose because we we go and as soon as we lost we will going to on a holiday to Queensland my cousin and I. And yeah. uh after we kind of like he's like yeah you, you'll probably beat the Cowboys and then whoever you play playing the week after you're going to lose. And, and I was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And then we kept winning. And he's like, yeah, St. George will be, you. Yeah? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, I don't know, I was just like, I just never thought we are going to lose. It was real weird. It was-
0: yeah, they kind of worked seamlessly with what you said there, bro. Yeah, the grand final itself, like winning, walking out of the 2005 prelim, which uh, which sure Swanies won the grand final just before. So I watched the Swans beat West, was it West Coast? Yeah. 2005. So we watched that at Fox, what was Fox Studios, I think, back then on the big screen before we went in, my mate and I um, went in and watched the St. George prelim and then walking out just, yeah, as you said, Rob, just uh, I turned to my mate who wasn't a Tigers fan. He was a a Roosters fan, but just said to him, look, I finally get to experience what you guys have because obviously the Roosters have made fucking four, three, what, four? 2000, 2000, 2002, three and four. So he had he experienced four fucking grand finals in the past five years. So finally, it's my turn. Probably not going to beat Para, um, but look, my team's made a grand final. I, I can't really complain. And then, yeah, the next day, of course, the Cowboys upset the Eels. And yeah, as soon as we beat, even though Paddy Richards was battling the um, the ankle injury. Yeah, I was never. I don't think I've ever been more confident in the West Tigers winning a football game than I have leading into that. I honestly, it's funny that Fulton said that the players felt this way because just the vibe uh, of, of that week, it honestly felt like we could we couldn't lose.
2: Yeah, I've I've never heard that tape before. Just for the record, and and just to make a correction, we were talking about the Warriors earlier. They lost to the Roosters in two thousand and two. Now that you've mentioned that the mm. Roosters' run of grand finals, um, it's funny. I've spoken to Robbie Farah many times about you know certain parts of his career and and times we've made the semi-finals and whatever. And you know we've spoken about two thousand and ten and eleven a number of times. And he just he said a lot like what Liam Fulton said there. He said in two thousand and five he's just never had that feeling ever again. Even in two thousand and ten. Even in two thousand and eleven, when we won nine games in a row, he never had that feeling of like invincibility, and and we were never going to lose. And and that's just how he he looks back at two thousand and five. It was just a really special time where they just thought they weren't going to lose. And I know there were there were mixed emotions for me because obviously we won like seven games in a row that year, and then we got absolutely smashed by Melbourne and Penrith the last two rounds. So that kind of mm-hmm brought us back to earth a little bit and we thought, well, hang on a sec, maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Um, and then, yeah, I I would have been happy with just winning that first semi final. Like even we hadn't made the finals in a long time, making the final, winning a final, that was a a success. Mm. And with a young team, you thought we're going to make the finals for the next few years, which obviously we didn't for about five years. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm just glad it happened guys. It was just, it was just, um, the perfect storm. It really was. And, um, I don't even know if it's ever going to happen again, but I, I'm glad I got to see one Premiership uh, live in my life.
0: Good comment on YouTube from Emmanuel. Uh, in my honest opinion, the Dragons game was a better atmosphere. Winning that game was as good, if not better, than the grand final win. Being amongst all the smug Dragon supporters and seeing Tigers win was the best. That's crazy because it was at the SFS, and I don't know how I jagged tickets. I was sitting in the corner uh, of the SFS uh what were the I'm trying to think geography wise. Basically the the non-SRG no, yeah, the non srg side. Basically when Benji scored that first try, that was I was in that corner. And Dragons fans probably outnumbered us 70, 30, because they had a jump on us and they changed the rules after it because they had the week off. They got all all got to buy their tickets uh leading into the game because memberships weren't that popular back then, so there wasn't like you could reserve uh, reserve your spot being being a member like you can now. So the Dragons, yeah, had the jump on us. Was very much a Dragons dominated atmosphere, and yeah, on- honestly, yeah, that game. Being the SFS too, it's yeah, a much even the older one, much better place to watch footy than Homebush itself is. Whereas, yeah, the Grand Final playing against the Cowboys as well, that felt more like a West Tigers party than it did um, so much, yeah, a, a, an intense game of footy. And, then, yeah, the, I mean, the 2010 prelim was very similar to the 2005 one, just obviously the result went the other way, unfortunately. But um, as do you have any, any memories of the the prelim? You said you were heading up to Queensland or something at that point?
1: Yeah, I don't personally have many memories of that game. I just remember Dad being very excited that we won, and I think he was even more excited after, cause like you, um, he expected we'd get rolled by Parramatta. But, yeah, once he had seen the Cowboys had won, I think he was even more excited because I think he believed that we were going to win as well, and that was that's probably the most excited I've ever seen my dad, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, when we won it, um, won the grand final, it was a weird... Like, weird feeling. I was only 17. What kind of sucked? I was 17 and a half years old. So I was six months off being legally allowed to go out and drink. So I actually went, just went home back up the Central Coast um, to see family. So I didn't get to experience the part. I'm sure I should have got a fake ID or something in hindsight. But, yeah, being 17 really sucked. I was really close to – we need to win another one so I can go out and – go missing for 48 hours because <laughs> it'll be a hell of a party to win. We do win another one, Roberto. I hope so. Uh, let's see from... Uh, let's go, go to a scando clip. Here's him talking about the squad itself.
3: Look, we were just a good mix. I think we were, you know, it was almost the perfect storm for us where we had four or five players or probably more, Probably yeah, four or five players that you know, were coming towards the end of their um, careers, um, well, close to coming towards the end of their careers and weren't very, you know, successful on the field in terms of playing semis and finals and all that. And then you had a bunch of young kids like your Fultons, your, your Farras, um, you know, Gibbs and all those guys who had come from successful junior rep teams. And all they, all they did was um, experience winning where they came to our team and
0: it was just a mix a, a, a mixture, you know. It's just it was just uh, it's hard to explain, but yeah, it's just it's just a yeah. Scando uh, Fulton does kind of say a very similar thing. The the talent coming through, Rob. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the players. I guess Lefrankie end up playing Origin. Robbie end up playing Origin. Obviously, probably the second best hooker. Uh, of that basically first 20 years of the 21st century. But, I mean, it was a lot of talent coming through, but at the same time, it wasn't like we had a stack. I think we're one of the very few teams to win without a single state of origin representative, but just, yeah, a, a group of young kids mixed with some old club legends, yeah, what were your thoughts on that squad back then?
2: Yeah, we had club legends like, you know, from the both sides of the merger, like Scandalis mm-hmm. and O'Neill. Uh, we had really good players who hadn't really made a massive name for themselves, such as Todd Payton. You know, uh, Scott Prince had been, you know, he'd had such an injury-riddled career, um, you know, that we got him for peanuts and he was the missing link, like, as, I mean, you know, obviously Benji was Benji and Robbie was Robbie and, and we had great players all around the park. But, you know, we got to see when Scott Prince left, you know, we needed a halfback and and, and we, we've always needed a halfback and we've never had a halfback like him since. So uh, I think Scott Prince was, was a, a great, great purchase for us, uh, given he'd had short stints with a couple of Queensland clubs. So, um, yeah, look, as I said, it was a perfect blend of experience, youth, but I think that you know the good thing with that youth, like Scando said, the fact that they come from winning junior teams, they didn't have the scar tissue that you know maybe the Scandos or the O'Neills had, had, and then mm. they would have been they would have been sort of giving that infectious enthusiasm to those older blokes that are, that had lost a fair bit, and those older blokes probably realised, hey, this is our bloody chance to actually do something, so. Uh, look, it was it was just a perfect combination. Then we got, you know, a couple of guys back in Pat Richards and Brett Hodgson from Parramatta. Uh, yeah. You know, Paul, Paul Fadawira had had won a premiership with Penrith. Uh, you know, we got Shane Elford. There were, there were some really, really good purchases, which is quite surprising for West Tigers. <laughs> um, you know, but shasta, then... Shouts to Steve Noyce,
0: CEO. But
2: then it's, it's funny when, like, you know, we... We didn't know what we were going to be like in 2005. Halfway through the year, we were coming nowhere. And then, when mm. you look back at look back at Tim Sheen's three major signings for 2006, I think one was Keith Galloway, which was a good signing. The other one was Sam Harris, and for the life of me, I can't think of the third one. It was it was someone just as pretty shit as Sam Harris. And you just think, <laughs> thank, God, thank God we won 2005 because other than other than you know big source, the purchases we made weren't very John Morris. Before. No, no, it wasn't John Morris. He was a couple no. of years late. I'm just trying to think. It it might have been, might yeah. have been Jamal or or someone like that. I don't know. It was just okay. someone. It was just someone pretty but ordinary. So Nick Graham or someone like that. I don't know. It was just look. Just just glad we we got one year in our lives where you know we we had a bit of fun, especially you know as a Balmain supporter. We hadn't made a, a semi-final series since 1990. So for me personally, it was 15 years. And I'm sure for West Magpies fans, they they would have made the finals in what a year or two later, 1991 or 1992. So it was a big gap for Magpies fans as well. And and our first ever semi final series that really no one no one expected us to make the finals in 2005. We were you know literally 100 to one outsiders pre season. So to to think it was going to happen, yeah, it was just you you were kidding yourself if you thought anyone that had money on the Tigers to win the comp that year was an idiot and a very
0: lucky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Jason D said is Ryan Hara. The uh, Ryan O'Hara. Ryan O'Hara the
2: there you go. Yeah. X, X, Cam, There you go. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Jason. I I remember I saw the West Tigers players not long, I think 2007 or something, in, a, in nightclub at the Crown Plaza, Terrigal and Ryan O'Hara was there with, um, Robbie, Timmy Maltz, and who else was there? Benji. I didn't see Benji there. Apparently he was there somewhere. Hino, uh, who else was there? Bo Ryan, all the squad. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah Ryan well. O'Hara
2: was a really good player, but just what he wasn't that player when he came to us. But mm, he was a God. really, really good player on his day at the That's peak of his odd. career.
0: Players normally peak when they're at the West Tigers, uh, yeah. right? he's here's uh, Fulton talking about that squad as well. So we've had the uh, the old dogs in. Uh, sorry, Scando, the old uh, the old fellas. In terms of career wise. Uh he's one of the young young pups talking about the squad
4: that year. Yeah, look, I think we like you know, we had a really good mix of um experienced guys like, you know, Mark O'Neill, John Scandales, Todd Payton, Benny Galea, you know, Anthony LaFranky. Like we had so many good old heads that, you know, were like just leaders, you know, and 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 a really good group of young kids, you know, we had Bronson Harrison, Bryce Gibbs, Robbie Farah, Benji Marshall. like we had such a good young crew that kind of came through at the same time as these older guys were kind of getting towards the, not so much the end of their career, but more towards, you know, their thirties kind of thing. So, you know, it was just, and and, yeah, all all those guys that, you know, they, they trained really hard and they kind of showed us the way. And, and obviously we're just young kids and, you know, and we're just learning off them every day and, and got to a point in the season where we just kind of got on a a really good run. Yeah. And, uh, just bloody hard to stop, you know, it was um, winning and, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's I don't know what happened that year, but buddy, something happened. And yeah, because you look back on it now, and there's there's not too many. Um, it, uh, look, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but there's not too many teams that kind of can just yeah, flick a switch like mid-season and kind of and just take off and kind of like yeah. well, we won. Like I think it was like eight or nine in a row, and that, and then we just lost the last two and then kicked on again. So yeah. we just a I don't know. We don't know what happened. We just just a good good bunch of blokes that just really try hard for each other, and we just. Can't.
0: Man, I was already half masking about two thousand five, and then Wayne Pierce came on my TV. <laughs> I
2: thought of you when I saw him come
0: on there. <laughs> <laughs> my Messiah up on the t- up on the screen. Um, but yeah, as from what you can remember of that West Tigers squad, again, you're pretty young and early on in your West Tigers fandom. But um, yeah, the team. There was also, as well as a team that kind of played on the back of a great bond, I feel like they were a team of good dudes too. Like, there's not like a lot of premiers, you could probably pick guys like, um I don't know, a Jerome Luai or a Jarob Ware Hargraves. Like, I feel like there was no dickheads in our 2005 squad. A lot of very likable larrikins in our 2005 squad.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I don't I don't remember fully the list of names, but I do remember like like those guys so far have said there was there was talent there, there was experienced um there were experienced players who had been around like pre 2000, like a few of them had still been hanging around a little bit. Um then you had the the new talent coming through like the the Robbie Farrows, the Benji Marshalls. Um yeah, like it's it just seemed like it was a really good mix for a team at the time and it translated after a bit of a slow start to what was a brutal run through most of the rest of the season.
0: Uh We haven't even mentioned, I don't think we've mentioned Shane Elford or Paul Fatawera, who we got from the Panthers, Rob, though. Yeah, they won a comp. I'm uh, pretty sure they're both the starting centers at Penrith in 2003 as well. So we haven't mentioned them yet. They were um, unbelievable for us as well. And Shane Elford was meant to go to the Rabbitohs in 2006, but actually reneged on that contract as well.
2: Yeah. I actually did mention them, Josh, but you weren't listening
0: to me. But that's okay. okay I was like, uh, Wayne Pearce was <laughs> up on the screen. I got yeah, he was, he was, he was yeah, a bit yeah. distracted.
2: It's all good. I'm, I actually, I, I stand corrected. I don't know if Shane Elford was the starting center in 2003, but definitely Paul Fadawira was. Uh, but I'd have to check that Panthers team. Some other name is popping out. It might I think it was Ryan Girdler. It might have been Ryan Girdler and Paul Fatouir of the centres. Uh, okay. And Rooney and uh, Luke Lewis were the wingers, I think, for Penrith back in oh, 2003.
5: So did...
0: uh, let me check. I've got Shane Elford's stats. Yeah, Luke, Luke Lewis was an outside back. They they
2: had two Lukes on the wings, and they would have had Ryan Girdler and uh, mm. Paul Fatouir in the centres.
0: He only played three games for Penrith that year, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, okay. Didn't really. But um, I guess he would have been pretty young. No, he debuted in '99, so or '98. So, um, he's working with the Panthers now, I believe. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you, you often um, see him on the screen. He comes on field as well. Yeah, like one of the one quarter. of the few few boys that haven't got back. Uh, the rest of the squad. For those who didn't know, Brett Hodgson was fullback on the wing. Uh, Fitz Henry. Daniel Fitzhenry, Paddy Richards, Elford and Fatawira in the centers. Benji, obviously, 5'8. Scotty Prince, halfback, starting props. Anthony, Anthony LaFranchi, uh, John Scandalis, Robbie Farrett, hooker. Ben Galea, Mark O'Neill, second row. Dean Hallitow at lock and then the bench. Liam Fulton, Chris and Bryce Gibbs. Man, of Bryce Gibbs have been paying for first try for West Tigers that night. Uh, and Toddie Payton uh, coming off the bench. As well, but um, yeah, w- what a what a night that was, and what a bunch of bunch of legends. Uh, let's go, let's go another clip of Scando, um, talking about that mid-season run that they went on.
3: Uh, look, the probably the moment that everyone sort of speaks about is so we had a we we did have a um uh we had a goal to finish. Uh, top four beginning of the year, um, and I think the moment that probably sticks out to everybody's mind in that um in that year was I think it was oh God.
0: I've got one in my mind. I'll see if it's the same one.
3: It's probably Benny Gooley.
0: Oh no, I was talking about talking about a game a game a okay. yeah yeah.
3: But yeah, oh, okay.
0: What, what was it with Ben? Probably Galee? the game.
3: We, pro- yeah. It was just we we, we were sort of reassessing our, our sort of goals, and Benny Benny Galley sort of just um you know we we'll, we were talking about you know should we reassess the goal about making top four because we we're a little bit I think we we dropped a few games, um, and Benny sort of stood up and said no that's you know I think we can I think we can stick to that top four, and he sort of you know egg, egged everybody onto stage. And for that goal to top four, which we we eventually did, we finished fourth. Um, but I, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a certain game that sort of sticks in my mind that changed it. I just because once we started winning, we just kept winning. I think we won yeah. like eleven in a row, or something, something like that. I can't remember the, <laughs> what it was. Wide um, exaggeration, but it was yeah. But I, it was just a matter of. But the, the thing was, winning when you win, winning, winning becomes yeah you know, the norm for you. You don't feel like you're going to lose again. Yeah, when you're losing. Unfortunately, it's hard to get out of that rut because as soon as something goes wrong on the field, you don't mean for it to happen, but just you just feel like it's, okay, here we go again sort of thing. So.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what the West Tigers are at the moment. But uh, can either of you guess which game I was referring to back then in that 2005 run that I really, in my head, thought we're, were a serious team?
1: Was it
0: the sharks oh, oh, one? Yeah, Cronulla Sharks at Shark Park. Benji Marshall's uh, three steps, then pass, no look pass into Paddy Richards on a Fitz Henry. That um, yeah, that day. So that was it's a winning streak of one, two, three, four, eight in a row, and that was uh, one, two, three. That was that was the fifth of a... We won 46 to 6 that day at Shark Park, just absolutely obliterated them. And yeah, I, I remember driving home and just thinking, like, man, like, is it selfish of me to think of a team? I literally was 17 years old and never seen my team. I think, obviously, uh, I don't remember, 88, 89, 90 for the Balmain Tigers making the semi. So my entire life, I hadn't seen my team make a semi-final and all of a sudden I had premiership dreams, which was just so weird. But, man, that was just so good in that run.
2: Yeah, you'd have to look up the the actual that actual Cronulla game, uh, Josh, to prove me right. But from memory, we weren't that far away from Cronulla during the game and we put on, like, I don't know, 30 points in the last 20-odd minutes. We just went on absolute barrage uh, late in that second half. Uh, Mm. The the one game that stands out for me, and it's not a a pretty game or not a great game, but I just remember, I, I could be wrong, so if someone can correct me, I'd love you to correct me. I think we played the Roosters, and we were both tied at around 10th, and I just remember absolutely shitting myself, saying, if we don't win this game... We're not going to make a run like literally we're on the same points we're in the same position and we beat the roosters that day uh we we built up a lead and ironically i think um Le- uh, liam fulton threw an intercept that day too believe it or not to one of the roosters players who scored But we got, <laughs> we got through that game and i remember when we won that game i just felt like okay we're going to be all right here but yeah, we had dropped down all about we we're out of the eight and we were tied with those blokes and i just saw we have to win this game so that's the one – I actually wasn't at that game, uh, but I remember thinking that that was the game that we needed to win. And, yeah, it's a, I don't think it's really mentioned very much or anything like that. It wasn't a high-scoring game from memory, but, yeah, we got that win, and I think we we kind of kicked on from there.
0: Emmanuel asked, um, yeah, was was I at that game? Yeah, the Shark Park. I was literally in the, uh, the corner, the roadside, Basically, right in front of Daniel Fitzhenry scoring that try, oh. that amazing Benji step. There was a oh. whole gaggle of us West Tigers fans in that corner. Uh, on Back then, obviously, the grandstands were different now. Back then, it was kind of just a bit of a hill and uh, like a pretty shitty steps to sit on. But it was just packed. That corner, yeah, was packed with West Tigers fans and just going nuts. Yeah, I drove all the way from the Sandy Coast. I actually got my license that year. I turned 17, being 17. So I drove to most most games that year. So it was perfect timing in that regard. But um, I definitely was at that game for sure. Um, Righto, let's get a clip from... What do we got left here? Uh, Let's talk... Yeah, uh, we got one last one from Liam Fulton here.
4: Run there with, um, with momentum, and then we lost the last. Um, oh, we lost the last two games: uh, uh, Melbourne down in Melbourne, and and then Penrith at Ains and Stadium. And then kind of, yep. I don't know. It must have kind of what we needed, I suppose, at the time. And uh, yeah, then obviously, the, you know, the rest is history. We you know, we, we smacked the, um, the Cowboys and yeah, the other, and it was, we went through. It's like we went through the hard way as well. Like we beat yeah, beat Brisbane and St George, so, yeah, and then. Who would have topped it off if we had to beat Power? That would have nice. But they got smashed by the Cowboys in the semi. So it, was yeah. kind of, it, was shocked, it was shocked us all a, a little bit as well. You know? I remember mean, we, we were all at uh, Poor Fadarira's apartment there at Rhodes, kind of all watching the game together. and you know, Obviously, we were still on cloud nine thinking we're, we couldn't believe that we were going to be in the grand final. Because yeah. we beat the George, who were supposed to probably beat us. And uh, and and then obviously Parramatta got smashed by the Cowboys, and they should have beaten the Cowboys. So it was kind of like a you know, and that kind of started a bit of a rivalry with the with the Tigers and the Cowboys. You know, we we yeah, you know, we've had a fair bit of success against them in, yeah. in the past. So, it's, but yeah, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it was. Jonathan Thurston never beat the West Tigers outside of uh, outside of Townsville, which is pretty incredible. That's my favourite stat in rugby league history. Jonathan, I think he's like 0-14 or something playing against the West Tigers in Sydney, which is awesome, including three games that year as well. So, yeah, that brought back some memories uh, there. But, yeah, as the last game of the year, I'm not sure if you remember, so Fulton mentioned it, they're losing to the Panthers. It was so weird after that run we lost in melbourne the week before but just we were up a fair bit against the panthers from memory and then all of a sudden kind of uh dropped off the the rumor was that we kind of wanted the cowboys the first week of the semis and we needed to drop down to fourth to play against fifth that week would you believe Definitely. sheen would you believe tim sheens to do such a thing
1: i mean yeah that i wouldn't put it past Tim to to think something like that would be the way to go. Um, it does seem strange because you're potentially giving up home field advantage later on in the series. Because um, like if you finished based on the way the final series worked back then, I'm pretty sure the high you, like if you had a high finish, then there was a decent chance that you could potentially um, get a buy if you won the first week, which I'm pretty sure mm. is what happened with both the um, the Dragons and the Eels, who were the top two, weren't they?
0: Yeah. So um, the way it worked back then was the top. The highest two winners got a week off and the lowest two losers would drop out. So you could actually, if the bottom four teams won, you could come third and fourth and be out first week. That was what was shit. I, I like the new system. That's better. crazy to think about, isn't it? Well, that's why in 2010, uh, we played against the, the Roosters. If we had if we had a beaten the Roosters, the Roosters would have been out off that old system really? and then we had to we finished top four and then had to go to play in Canberra the next week whereas now guaranteeing if you make a top four you should be guaranteed at least one home game so you are you are now yeah you weren't back then well you were you got the first week but yeah you didn't get you weren't guaranteed a second chance
1: yeah wow that that's crazy um mm. like yeah just just by thinking of that like one and two win. Uh five and six win, third and fourth. No, sorry, no. Yeah, it would have to be all of one, uh all of one, two, three, and four losing, wouldn't it? For three and four to go home.
2: And Uh, and then still
1: first and second, still get a second chance that way. That that's crazy.
2: Yeah, one and two were guaranteed to like their positions regardless of whether they lost or not. Hmm. And seven and
1: eight was basically like win and when you seven and eight
2: home? if you lost your out
0: lose, yeah, no lose and seven and eight. Yeah. Uh Emmanuel said uh he told Sheen's face to face at the after party about l- losing the last game on purpose. And he said he smiled him smiled back at him. So Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was just really <laughs> weird. I remember being in that game at Homebush and we were carving Penrith up and then all of a sudden there's like just we just stopped playing. It was really really odd. We we're up 12
2: nil we're up 12 nil josh in no time and i you'd have you'd yeah. have scores there but we i think we lost something like 34 22 or 38 22 yeah something like that mm. so uh, look I, I was actually lucky enough that that year after the grand final i went down for the melbourne cup carnival and i got invited by john rebo to the carbine club lunch and he said mate you're mm. gonna, you guys you're going to have a, a really nice surprise I'm going to sit you next to someone that you would have heard of and i got sat next to roy masters and Roy Masters was super tight with Tim Sheens. And he didn't say we threw the game, but but Roy Masters said to me, he goes, Tim Sheens's biggest fear that year, he did not want to play Melbourne. So and he didn't want to play yeah. Parramatta too, don't get me wrong, but he didn't want to play Melbourne. So it makes you think, you know, the way we the way we started off that last round and the way we sort of kind of yeah just yeah. fell apart. It makes you wonder whether, you know, what we were trying to do that day or or, you know, whether they had yeah, it's just it's just a really interesting, really interesting dynamic.
0: Makai Reddit's second, second win in. that year, as uh, Rob, sorry.
2: Uh, it was his third year that win, actually, the 2005. Mm, you it sure? This, yeah, I'm very sure. It was his third in a row because I'd, I'd never been on Melbourne Cup before.
0: I thought it was so, 4 5 6, Maccabi, Maccabi Diva. Uh If you'd like to bet some money and lose to me, you're welcome to all do right, that. Right, all right, I'm going to look it up because my very last home. Um, HSC test argue on that stuff. My, my, last my last HSC, my last HSC test was yeah. during that case. I finished school. Um, okay, thought, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for you I'm to look sure. it up. I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I swear it was the second. I swear wow. you wanted. I'm I thought. I swear I was third, okay. Sorry, right. in uni. Sorry guys, me. just interrupt you. Sorry
1: guys, just interrupt you while you're looking that up. I'm watching yeah. the count of the of the Daly M still, and Nico Hines is fourth on 42 points after round 23, and he's been he was garbage compared to last year. Like how how is well, he even in the top 10, let alone 4th
2: Well, I'll tell you what he's going to poll well the last few weeks because Cronulla came good from the time they beat South up in over in Perth. He was actually quite good the last few weeks, so he might not be totally out of it.
4: Oh look at
2: Sean Johnson! Sean Johnson is way up there.
1: Yeah, he he should win it, Sean. He he was sensational this year, but I just can't believe Nico was that high up and like he got a lot of votes early in the season, probably because he was the winner last year and had a lot of eyes on him. So I still feel like the voting system for this thing's a, a bit of a sham. But yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Anyway,
2: sorry. The, the media has their me darlings, Aaron. The media has their darlings. Of course they do, and it's definitely not us.
0: No. Yeah, three, four, five. Rob, you were right. But um, Ben, Ben, in the comments, he reckons 2004 was her first as well. I don't know why I remember. Um, uh, 2003, I remember guys. Well, there you go. Maccabi Davis' last Melbourne Cup win. I was literally sitting my HSC, my last HSC test. There you go. Its Always first it was win was second.
2: 2003, and its hmm. previous three runs, before it won the Cup, it came fourth, fourth, and fourth.
0: Hmm. There you go. Uh, Delta blues was 2006 I th- actually I do remember 2006 uh I do remember yeah Delta blues winning that I do I remember going to cricket training when I played cricket with Timmy Moulton after um there would have been what I think it' was when brew won it in 2000 I remember going to training. Um, talking about the Melbourne Cup with Timmy Molson back when I played cricket with him. But there you go, um, bit of a tangent. That's what we do <laughs> late in the show. A uh, bit of a tangent as well. Let's finish off with so Anthony Phil. Our chat with him uh, a couple of years ago mentioned his story from Grand Final night. You probably he's told it on other um, platforms as well, but here he is. Uh, just a bit of a note in this interview, he was literally between Wiggles gigs, so his voice is very, very, um, very hoarse. Struggling. Um, yeah, str- he's kind of saving his voice a little bit, so a little bit hard to hear, but it's a pretty pretty good story to finish this uh episode with.
5: Yeah, no, I was watching the grant. Now, I had tickets to go with my wife to the grand final, but she was ready to give birth, so we thought we'd a not. So when it <laughs> Um, watched it in a, a friends of mine's place. I watched the grand final and um, I was almost having, like seriously having a heart attack. My blood pressure went crazy and I, I was on the ground, but that made uh, Mickey laugh so much that she went into contractions. Like wow. It was ridiculous. So then we, we living in Des Moines and on the way to the hospital, I'm saying, this is terrible, but I did say <laughs> can we just drive past can we just drive past the club? <laughs> so, mate, we went, drove past the club, basically rushed to the hospital, and the club and onto Victoria Road. There were people everywhere stopping yeah. the traffic. Um, Mickey was, she's pregnant, but she's waving the Balmain flag, or the West Tiger flag, out, out the window.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And some
5: Yobo, Yeah, but some Yobo grabbed it off her, which is oh. a real bummer. But then we, we made it to the hospital, and, um, and it's the worst night to give birth, because... A lot of people just um, just worried about the grand final. I don't know what it was. It was just that there was there was hardly anyone in the hospital. Mm. But we uh, made the pact that if it was a boy, uh, it was going to be named Benji. Oh wow! Um, but it was, um, it was Maria. Maria came out. Okay. But this is another thing I'm not proud of. The next day, you know, John Stanley from Two John yep. Stanley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a real Dragons fan, but good good mate of mine. He rang up from the radio station. I was, you know, so excited. And he said, mate, firstly, congratulations. And I said, oh, how incredible after all these years, not since 1969 have I felt like this. And he went, I'm talking about the baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite stories, might, might be the favourite story I've ever been told doing doing an interview. I love that story by uh, Anthony Wiggle, as he'd make a pretty good uh, chairman, I reckon.
1: Oh, he'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, what, what do we need to do, Rob, to get Anthony Field involved with the um, with the West Tigers again, officially? Yeah, I, th- I think some of his views are a little bit, uh, you know, won't make West
2: Magpies people happy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he, if, if he's the right but Definitely, you know, someone with that sort of pull would be good to have on the board. But, yeah, it needs mm. to be a little bit more diplomatic when it comes to Balmain Tigers and... West Magpies, I
0: think. Yeah. Um, look, he can be at Balmain's. What, we've got, they've got two representatives at the moment. So maybe could be one of them. But, um, boys, anything else to talk about 2005 to put a lid on it? This was a fun I, – I, I enjoyed this. I hope, yeah, the listeners did as well for those like us who might not be old enough to remember and those old enough or maybe were too drunk to remember too much of that night. I wish that was me, but um, yeah. Hopefully, did you get any? Um, did you
1: get any rants or not rants, but like reflections in the Discord?
0: I did. Thanks for reminding me. As, uh, let's let's go through those as well. Uh, sorry, just, just before we put a lid on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have we got? Uh, so Shane's, uh, just Shane Colet. He's written an essay again for us, but. He's, uh, we love Shane, as his debut in the Discord too. Shane, he finally figured it out, how to get into the patreon.com forward slash West Westlife. Uh, go to Patreon, sign up, come join us in the Discord. Uh, what a year 2005 was. I was actually more emotional the week before when we beat Saints as we were underdogs. Uh, luckily, a mate looked after me with some decent tickets, so off I went. The game was a bit of a blur as it all felt so surreal. The game was a lot, a bit of a blur, uh, I met some really, really lovely Cowboy fans at the brewery prior, so I did feel for them a little. Even today, I have a soft spot for them because of this day. After the siren went, we hung around and watched Princey lift the shield, but then we then had to hightail it to West Leagues as we knew it would be a shit fight to get in. Uh, we got in and got on it hard. We ended up drinking with an ex-Magby half in the mid-80s, Brett Clark, who was there. Do you know who that is, Rob? Yeah. Uh, Brett Clark. Um, Sorry, guys, I'm not old enough to remember 80s players. Uh, Who was there on his own. I didn't believe it was him and had to quiz him about his own career before I realized it was really him. Uh, From memory, the players went to Balmain League's club first and arrived at West. We were in the auditorium and went off. Around 5 a.m., we caught the train to Campbelltown. We hung around until the players got out there and got on it again in the club next door. Around 7 p.m., I headed home. The missus wasn't happy, but she understood the significance of it all. What a day! How good! Um, yeah, I love hearing stories of where people were on that day. It's um, we need another one. Like it's yeah. I, I hope it's not what what was it 30, 36 years for Balmain fans and a little bit longer for Magpie for West fans to to win one. Let's hope. What would that make it? 2041 the next one god oh my god my son will be 21 by then but um i don't know in the in the next 5 5 years is that being silly i don't know i don't know i'll
5: tell, you, I'll tell you, i've got
2: one regret about 2005 josh i I've made my way from the ground over to balmain league's club and the atmosphere on victoria road was absolutely rocking and incredible And I stayed out there for about ten minutes before I got taken in via a back door and upstairs into the club. And and back in the late '80s, when the Tigers lost grand finals, they used to have the music going. It was almost like a nightclub, and it was was absolutely pumping. And when I went in there, I was really disappointed. There was like no music, kind of. I'll be honest, there was no atmosphere. I was so my one regret is I just wish I'd have stayed outside on Victoria Road all night. That was that's my one bugbear about that night because they partied so hard. I just thought mate that was so much better than being inside Balmain League's club.
0: Breaking news to Kyle Whitfield, winger of the year. The good good thing to end on as.
2: Absolutely. I
1: haven't seen that yet, but very stoked for mm. her. She, like I said, she's been an absolute star form. Definitely needs to be re signed. Can't lose her to another club.
0: Uh Wait, is there two wingers? Do they name thirteen is there thirteen? Yes, is so it?
1: they 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 now name a full basically a thirteen plus a fourteenth a as an interchange usually. So yeah. Two uh everything that like every position in a in a starting thirteen is covered in the team of the year.
0: Man, Jekai's got a rig on her, doesn't she? Look at the size of her traps. She uh smashes the weights hard. No wonder she's uh an elite athlete. Isabel Kelly in the centers. Uh we got is Kezie up. For this is Kezie a chance to, yes, she's be a chance for second
1: in rower, she's a chance for second rower, and Sarah Togatuki is also a chance for front rower.
0: All right, we'll stay on the air until um this rolls out, but because they're, they're literally doing them one by one, which is good, but um, position by position, yeah, yeah. Big thank you to the dozens and dozens of you that joined us live on a Wednesday night. Um, yeah, we'll do some fun episodes as we go into the real full off season we'll think of some ideas and that sort of thing so we'll probably be next wednesday for our next episode i know as and i were keen to do our favorite um favorite jerseys uh is one of them but if anyone has an idea of what you'd like us to talk about west uh, podcast at westlife.com or join us on the discord um yeah tell us what you like us to talk about because we head into the off season there'll be less and less. But the West Tigers, I don't know, they always seem to find a way to get themselves into the news. And then hopefully by November we'll do an episode when the uh, the new draw with our ten home games at our um yeah, our beloved uh, suburban stadiums as well. Uh, what are we up to? We're up to half back of the year. Yeah, so bring, I a little, little, little bit ahead Sarah.
1: of you guys, but yeah. Yeah. Brigginshaw.
0: Shaw Brigginshaw half back. Yeah, Yeah, Shore half back of
1: the year. Front rowers will be next, I
2: think. So if we... Uh, yeah, we've got Des- Destiny Brills hooker.
0: Uh, we're doing it live here. Not not the best radio <laughs> people not, no, listening, not. listening back. But Especially I, really, I really, back want back Kezi, <laughs> really want to see if Kezzie... really want to see if Kezie. Um, I mean,
1: Kesey scored five, like four tries in four consecutive games, or was it five yeah. in the end? Like she, she was on an absolute fire. Um, she couldn't stop finding the try line. She was probably like out, out of our three Marquee signings, like out of our three original signings. I'd find it very, very hard to decide between.
2: Here we Kezi go, guys. And Sarah
0: Tagatuki, prop the year. Yeah, good on you, Sarah. So two and plays come, Coming up on crutches,
2: oh, good on you. I don't know if that's Josh or Brett Morris, but one of the Morris twins is helping her up on stage. She's got, yeah, she's got the crutches
1: and the moon boot.
0: Well, yeah. No, Sarah. So Mato from the Titans just got announced. And she's obviously not there. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, that's coming up on crutches. Uh Come on, Jeez,
1: help look her. at that!
0: Look at that! Um, oh like yeah, was... that is
1: that is sensational.
0: He was a little bit late helping her up. There's a few stairs. Well, what a gentleman! Her. What an yeah. absolute! I love the Morris. They're one of my favourite um, play, non-Tigers players ever. I love the Morris. Boys. Even though but... they
1: play, even though they played for the Dogs
0: and dra- or oh, Dragons as well. They played <laughs> for the Dragons. They they beat it. A... It's out, guys.
1: Kesey oh, out. that's a bummer. That's a bummer.
2: Yeah, uh, they've named both sex brothers. Yasmin,
1: Yasmin Clydesdale and who's this Olivia Koenig? Oh, that's a shame. Well, we've Ripped got one, we've got one Let more, me just tweet got one more. robbed. <laughs> one more chance for the night, and that's Appy for Hooker of the Year for the men. So I don't think you'll um, get it. But don't think crossing so. Does a little bit later on, and we're not
0: we're not <laughs> staying on the air for that. To happen, but, um, congrats not. to our to Jakiah and Sarah. How good! Um, bring on the NRLW for twenty. Twenty four. Do we want to do uh, our grand
2: final tips, boys, or not?
0: Sure. Um, I've got five bucks on Penrith to win at one hundred and one to one on R, So I'm tipping Penrith to come on <laughs> that's Yeah, that's the only uh, emotional attachment I have to this game. Is I want my five hundred bucks from R. Yeah, I'm looking forward to
2: it, guys. But I, I actually, I actually think it's Penrith as well. Um, I, for me, I think it's whether how Brisbane's attack goes against Penrith's. Defense because I think I think Penrith are going to score some points. Um, Brisbane leaked a couple of tries really easily to the um, Warriors last week on both edges. So I, I don't see the the Panthers having a problem scoring against the Broncos. It's just whether the Panthers can hold off uh, the Broncos in with their attack. So should be a great game. But uh, I think a good bet this week would be Penrith halftime and anytime try scorers. I'll be going both right wingers. Uh, that'd be Cobo for Brisbane and Toto for Penrith.
0: All right, as predictions for Sunday.
1: Unfortunately, I do think the Panthers are going to win. I don't want them to. I'd like to see the Broncos beat them, but I just think there's a bit too much talent um in this Panthers team. They also have a lot of grand final experience already. Uh the they're a very a fairly young team the Broncos and really the only experienced player amongst their ranks when it comes to finals and grand finals etc would be Adam Reynolds, so I would like to see them win. I'd like to see no three Pete, but um, unfortunately, I I do think it's coming.
0: Uh, We'll see what happens. But um, everyone enjoy their long weekends as well. Don't, um, yeah, be safe on the roads if you're heading away. And we'll speak to you again next week. And
1: yeah. Oh, quick tip, quick tip for NRLW (laughs) grand final as well. I think the Knights win that one too.
0: Okay. And they're playing yeah. against the Titans. Who? Titans. Yeah. That's why the
1: Titans, That's why the Titans aren't there because they're they're allowed to stay in Queensland to, right. to train. Okay. So they're Aaron, to be I've got
2: given. I've got Titans half time, Knights full time, and Tamika Upton to score a try. Right. I
1: pr- I probably agree with that a hundred percent. To be honest, um, the I night, think the, the Titans will start off pretty fast. strong. Man. Yeah.
0: And Gussie said forty-four-four to the Broncos. Right, a good way to finish. <laughs> Alright oh, guys. Boys. As always be it the the Premiers in 2005 or the Wooden Spooners in 2023. Go the
2: Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers
1: and the Brisbane Tigers.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the West Life podcast. Please follow us at West Life Pod on Instagram and at Twitter and facebook.com forward slash West Life Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash West Life and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another, another episode of the West Life Podcast.